and welcome to A Rainbow in the Clouds. I'm your host, Elaine Marie Sharp, a certified color therapist and founder of Aura House School of Color and Light. Have you ever been called weird? In today's episode, I'll talk about how I embrace my so-called weirdness and the color you can use to find clarity and become more imaginative. I'll also introduce you to Winslow Elliott, a rainbow maker whose mission is to encourage us to appreciate the value of silence. All that plus grounding and color breathing coming up next. Let's begin with a rainbow crystal grounding meditation. Okay, so let's take three deep breaths and call in your deities, your angels, and your spirit guides for love and protection. Now, pick up your clear quartz crystal and hold it in your left hand, which is the hand that you use to receive energy, and look closely at your quartz crystal. Notice all of its lines and cracks and chips and rainbows. Do you see the red, the orange, the yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet? Now notice how you feel as you're holding the crystal. Are you feeling anxious, calm? Place your crystal on your heart and breathe in peace. Breathe out peace, feeling a wave of calm and comforting beautiful white light containing all the colors of the rainbow. Now place your crystal on your heart and breathe in peace. Breathe out peace. Feeling a calm and comforting wave of beautiful white light containing all the colors of the rainbow. 
flowing through your heart and throughout your body. Breathe in peace. Breathe out peace. Breathe in peace. Breathe out peace. Now, move your quartz crystal down to your root chakra, which is located at the base of your spine, and imagine that there is a long red cord attached to your root chakra. And see that cord going down, down, down into the floor and into the ground, going deeper and deeper and deeper until you see that the cord is connected to a giant clear quartz crystal in the middle of the earth. Now think or say aloud, I am grounded with the courage of red. I am secure with red. So now that you're grounded, let's do some blue sky color breathing. Close your eyes and think of the clearest blue sky that you can imagine. A gorgeous, gorgeous blue color. And each time that you see a cloud, whether it's white or dark, think of this cloud as your thoughts, your anxiety, your grief, your anger. But don't dwell on the clouds. Just notice them. Just notice them as they slowly drift by. And as you imagine the sky in your mind, breathe in that brilliant sky blue. And breathe out the blue. Breathe in the blue. Breathe out the blue. Wherever you are and whenever you want to clear and calm your mind, remember this blue sky color breathing. It's a great tool and nobody knows you're using it. Now that you're grounded and relaxed, here are my rainbow thoughts for today. 
I was so excited when I received my brand new deck of Starseed Oracle cards. Not that I don't have like 30 decks already, but because this deck had been calling to me for at least a year, and I finally got the courage to order it. I felt it was calling me home. It was calling me home, not to Rhode Island or even anywhere on Earth. It was calling me to my cosmic home, as in outer space. The stars, E.T., phone home. Pretty weird, right? And in case you're wondering, no, I haven't been smoking anything, at least not during this decade. But let's be honest here. Nobody wants to be labeled as weird. Weird means you are super strange, and many people believe there is no place for weirdness on this planet. So you can imagine my surprise when in one of my daily readings, the message I received from my new oracle cards was to embrace my weirdness. Ha! As if I haven't done that already. Growing up, I never thought of myself as a particularly weird kid. Just expressive, creative, imaginative, colorful. Although if you were to ask someone who knew me, they might say otherwise. Weird is weird, right? So what makes a person officially weird, you might ask? Do they wear outlandish clothes? Do they say outlandish things? And who, exactly, determines what makes all this weird in the first place? I'll tell you who. It's society. Back when I was a schoolgirl, society dictated that normal girls wore their hair a certain way and their skirts a certain length, and they never, ever crossed their legs at the knee or burped in public. They drew nice things in art class, like bunnies and butterflies. They made conservative dresses in sewing class and never tried to outsing anyone in choir. And they most certainly never acted like they were horses, snorting and whinnying as they galloped through the school's hallowed hallways. Okay, I did that last thing, and I'd do it again if I had to live this life over. My point is that it didn't take me long to formulate the opinion that society didn't want me to venture outside of the box. Society didn't want me to have fun. Oh, I tried to be good. I really did. But I often felt like society was lying in wait to prod me into a tiny metal cage with a sign hanging from it that read, Danger! Too weird to be released! One of my favorite poems is, When I am an old lady, I shall wear purple. I thought it was amusing in my 20s, and now I'm in my 60s, so I guess I've reached the appropriate age to act upon it. I read that the actor Peter Sellers had been afraid of the color purple. Can you imagine? Now, some people might think that's a bit weird. During my early teens, I went through a purple phase. My treasures included a stuffed purple cow, purple-haired troll doll, purple rabbit's foot keychain, it was shameful, but true, purple notebooks, purple feather pens, purple sneakers, purple sweaters, purple earrings, purple fishnet stockings, and a vintage recording about a one-eyed, one-horned, 
Flying Purple People Eater. When my uncle was getting married, I had my heart set on wearing a dark purple and white polka-dotted mini dress to the wedding. Oh, how Mom and I fought over that one. Not because of the length, surprisingly, but the color. It was not wedding appropriate, Mom said. Well, I guess I finally wore her down because I remember sitting in that church pew feeling like a million bucks while feeling sorry for the other guests, looking uncomfortable in their lackluster, powdery pastels. But me? I was having more fun than anyone in deep purple. I used to know a girl named Nancy in high school. We sang an honor choir together and later became a singing duo because our voices complemented each other. Nancy had this long, naturally curly red hair that she would often flip over her shoulder in a dramatic way. She made a lot of her own clothes and wore a lot of purple, which looked great against her amazing hair. I thought she was the coolest person I knew, and once we went to a Ray Charles concert together, I didn't even know who he was before Nancy. For a time, we were close like sisters, and then we had a falling out over a boy, I think. But I'll never forget how comfortable Nancy seemed in her own skin. Sure, some kids called her weird because of her colorful, mystical, flowy outfits. But to me, Nancy was a role model. She had the courage to show the world just how colorful and unique she was. Another colorful person was John Lennon. He was the Beatle who said, It's weird not to be weird. <laughs> but weirdness, it doesn't always make you crazy. I mean, how many of our geniuses and visionaries and artists were considered weirdos in their time? I'm talking about you, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and Emily Dickinson, Albert Einstein, Howard Hughes, Andy Warhol. Janis Joplin, and Michael Jackson. On the Color Channel on YouTube, there are short videos featuring women who only wear one color, like pink and orange, yellow, or blue. They adore these colors, and their homes reflect that particular color frequency. They're happy and free, so is that weird or incredibly smart? Is it really that weird to surround yourself with the things and colors you love? Here in my office, of many colors, are my collection of dollhouses and room boxes, a Harry Potter doll, a stuffed fairy doll, seashells, crystals, essential oils, herb apothecary, crystal singing bowl, Tibetan singing bowl, chakra <laughs> tuning forks, ocean drum, Tink Chevelle's An Autumn Fairy House, Color Therapy Glasses, Color Therapy Lights, hundreds of self-healing books, a pinwheel, a bag of jacks, and a bottle of bubbles. It's amazing I, there's even room for me. <laughs> but it is where I unleash my inner child to have fun, to write, to play, and magically manifest every single day. We colorful people have colorful lives. We're bold, and many of us stand out in a crowd because we do think outside the box. We're highly creative people who daydream, 
who watch people lose track of time and seek new experiences. We are risk takers. Have you been guided to embrace your weirdness too? Then join me as a colorful creative and let color be your muse. Get out the paints, the makeup, the colorful fabric, and let your imagination flow. If you want to become more imaginative, more intuitive, then work and play with a deep blue color of indigo. It is the color of the third eye chakra. So wear it, color with it, cover your furniture with it. Wear your indigo color therapy glasses or indigo colored gemstones like azurite or iolite. Well, before we meet today's rainbow maker, let's do a color empowerment meditation. Close your eyes and imagine it is sunrise and you are sleeping peacefully in your bed. It is a brand new day and your alarm clock is ringing. You press the snooze button, roll over on your back, and gaze at the ceiling with half-opened eyes. Today is a new day. Yesterday is over. So how will you empower yourself today? Think of today as a new movie with you as the screenwriter. You are the powerful producer, too. So you will not be a victim today. You will not be angry today. You will not be fearful in any way. You get out of bed and walk over to your closet and open the doors. There is a full-length mirror attached to one of the doors. Inside the closet is your favorite wardrobe. All the colors and styles were handpicked by you, and they make you feel wonderful. But today, there is something new in the closet. Today, you see an indigo-colored jacket. As you insert your arms into the sleeves, you receive a terrific jolt of excitement. At the top of your full-length mirror, you see the words, I see, written in huge, bold letters. You have reason to admire your reflection because from every angle, you see a happy, smiling person staring back at you. Indigo makes you imagine all sorts of wonderful things, and you can't wait to manifest them. You feel something in the left pocket of the jacket, and you remove an indigo-colored business card, which reads, I am always using my imagination to create positive change. You repeat these words aloud. I am always using my imagination to create positive change. Because you believe, you receive the gift of clarity, of indigo empowerment. You see who you really are now, a fantastic, creative, 
and colorful being. Now, open your eyes. Rainbow makers are positive people who have weathered the storm with flying colors and a can-do attitude. And today's guest is Winslow Elliott, a Massachusetts resident who has been in love with metaphysics and mysticism since the early 1970s. A writer whose parents and grandparents were also writers, Winslow is the published author of several novels, poetry, advice on writing, and two metaphysical books, What Would You Do If There Was Nothing You Had to Do?, Practices to Create Your Life the Way You Want It to Be, and Be Still, How to Heal and Grow. As well as writing, Winslow works part-time as a metaphysical practitioner at a high-end wellness resort, as well as with her private clients. She includes many forms of healing and divination in her clairvoyant consultations, including tarot, palmistry, astrology, crystals, mythology, hypnotherapy, and a tremendous love for people. Winslow's desire is to help her clients to know themselves better, to find their direction, and to be guided to a place of well-being and serenity. As a creative multitasker who finds being still for any length of time extremely challenging, I did manage to get a lot of benefit from reading your book, Be Still, How to Heal and Grow. Winslow, you wrote that it's through being still that we can bring consciousness that which is unconscious. Well, it occurred to me that learning how to become consciously still would be especially beneficial during these emotional times. What does stillness mean to you? And would you give us an example of how stillness helped a client? Really, what stillness is, is going beyond thought, um, beyond feelings, but beyond our emotional well-being, beyond uh, sensation, beyond our physical sensation, and realizing the core of our spirit, the essence of our spirit, the life force that is our essential nature. And um, the most traditional way to get to that of course, is meditation. That is what the, the ancients talked about and tried to guide us to. And I do feel meditation is one of the most valuable activities every single person needs to do um, because it really does help clear the mental chatter. It doesn't always help with other things. And some people find it very difficult because their mental chatter is overwhelming to them. And I would say there are many, many, many ways to be still. I feel like if, if you read the Taoists, for instance, uh, Lao Tzu talks about the flow. Being still is actually in the flow. And this is something I talk about in my book, the paradox of being and becoming, the paradox of relativity, of thinking you're still, for instance, on a train and the world is going by, but you are, but the train is moving, but you're still. And when you can wrap your head around those moments, you actually have stillness. You actually can get into this essential, if you don't let yourself get carried away into the, into the mental chatter, you 
absolutely, utterly feel yourself still. And also creativity can help you be still. If you're playing a piano or singing, you're a singer. Um, when you're singing, you are actually still because you're completely focused on that vibration that you're pouring out and you're in that song, you're in that flow. Flow is just as much stillness as sitting cross-legged on a tatami mat. So that's what I, what I really long for people to experience uh, being in, in syncopation with themselves, being in their own flow so that they're not thinking, they're not agonizing, they're not feeling cold or hot or burning or, or tense muscles. They're just being. And you can get to that in all kinds of ways. The most important, significant, um, sort of obvious reason to do this is, is for healing. Because the word healing is, of course, becoming whole that's they have they both have the same root healing and wholeness probably um even in grief uh, i had a client who who had whose child whose daughter had died in a in a car accident and it was so tragic I, nothing harder in life nothing um and and there's no solace it's you know you there's just nothing uh, nothing that can be said that really can make somebody feel better. It's an experience that goes so, so deep. But what we can do and what I did with her was to really reach a place of stillness in her where she could become whole. Even though the fabric of this, this etheric fabric that is so uh, entwined with her daughter's etheric spirit that's sort of the wrench of a, of a death like that. Her own fabric could get back into this sense of being healed. And uh, color, just to add to that, since this is your work with color, I feel is so important. It does that. It, it helps to create a, uh, a, it's almost like a web of uh, a healing cloak of energy around someone, for instance, who is, uh, suffering into immense grief and needs to feel their own wholeness. That's why I work with the chakras. For instance, I'll, I took her on a meditation where I took her through the chakras and developed the colors of each one to strengthen. And there was terrible gaping holes in them. But after bringing them to consciousness for her and bringing her into that stillness of the color spectrum, she began to be able to function and to, and even eventually, to, I think, to feel joy again. That's beautiful. You know, you do so much and you've written so much and you also have a mystery series. Your protagonist in the Satyana mystery series is a fortune-telling sleuth who works with tarot cards. And as an intuitive consultant yourself, I know that you use tarot cards as one of your divining tools. Do you ever consider the colors of the images when you're conducting a reading? Oh, absolutely. They're essential. They help me. Basically, with tarot, what we're doing is reading energy. And that's what color is, is energy. And 
what I love about tarot is that they're always different. These images, these are archetype symbols and images that change according to the querent, according to the question, according to the, um, the, the energy of the moment. So uh, in one card, the blue sky might be predominant if that's the energy of the question that's hap- that's occurring. But an- at another time, I might see the yellow sun vibrating more, more clearly. And through it, I, I personally, because the healing aspect of what I do is so essential and important to me, that's why I do it, is to help people feel better. So I work with the energy centers, the set, the seven main chakras. Sometimes I'll, I'll be able to, I'll have time to go into the star, starry ones and the earth gate ones. But the, the, um, the seven main ones are, uh, are critical for, uh, helping people become whole in this work that we do as metaphysical healers. So I definitely value the, the tarot colors in the work that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Essential. You were also a teacher at Rudolf Steiner schools in Massachusetts. Can you give us an example of what you learned about color through Rudolf Steiner's view of Waldorf education? His work with color really originated with um, Goethe and Goethe's theory of color, which is of course, such a radical, uh, poetic, illuminating experience of, uh, or a a way to experience color. And I think the most significant aspect of it, um, there there are so many. Uh, One, of course, is that he ascribed emotions to colors, which Newton never did, and scientists tend not, physicists don't. But Goethe intuited emotions um, meaning he saw their vibrations. So he had words like uh, noble or dignity or goodness associated with the colors that bring these colors to life, especially for children who are learning about colors and the nature of color. That yellow, for instance, expands. Yellow expands. Blue contracts. So at Walter School, we're not teaching them how to paint. We're teaching them how to meditate with color, how to meditate on color to get what, what is the feeling of blue, what is the feeling of yellow, and what is the feeling of blue and yellow together when they slosh and mix in watery, exquisite dark greens and light greens and yellower greens and bluer greens. What are the feelings that you have? So you're developing a real connection with color. That, I feel, is the most important thing, especially, uh, and I'm sure you know all this because you're a color therapist. The other thing that is is mind-blowing and uh, sort of broke away from, again, looking at color in a, in a very limited box-like concept was that Goethe felt um, that darkness was an active ingredient of color. It's not the absence of color. It's not the absence of light. Darkness is not the absence of light. Color is a degree of darkness. And 
we are beings of light and dark. This is, it's Jung, it, it sort of, I feel it's Jungian if you want to somehow integrate that because what we're trying to do as human beings is integrate our shadow and our shadow is not negative. The dark is not negative. It's the unconscious. So how do we bring to consciousness yellow? It's by seeing the dark of the yellow. And if there's a dark sort of hole in our solar plexus chakra, you're seeing that dark and you're want to bringing it, you want to bring it to light, meaning you want to bring it to consciousness. Why is that diminished, tarnished, not pouring out, glowing? And bringing things to consciousness is why we're here. Yes, indeed. Well, we've all been affected by the trial and tribulations of 2020, haven't we? Is there a specific color that you seem to need or enjoy more these days? Well, I think I was just going into it because probably the yellow gold, it's a hard one. And I, and I find in my healing sessions for others too, it's usually, the, it's almost like it's the weakest chakra is this yellow disc right in our solar plexus, the center of our being. And what happens, especially in times of, of chaos or despair, is that we, we get pulled out of our, of our particular orbit. The sun is at the center of, your, of our universe, and we, each one of us, has to remain at our center, at the center of our universe. And the more we can do that, instead of getting sucked into other people's orbits or other people's angers or upsetnesses, but instead radiate out our wisdom, our love, our, our passion, our rage from our center, that enables us to feel better, to feel more whole, to feel not drained, not tired, not exhausted. If we're just pouring out us our and I have to, of course, do this constantly as an as a intuitive consultant, is not to get sucked into, if somebody is grieving horribly or is terribly sick um, or is suffering in some way, I can't be sucked into that negative orbit. I need to stay the sun in my orbit and see them as orbiting around me. And how can I beam my energy to them so that it can help them? And I need to constantly be conscious of that and practice it. I, I love yellow. I love gold. I wear a lot of gold for that reason. And I do have yellow wool all winter. I'm knitting with yellow, bright, bright, beautiful, cozy yellow. I'm not ever making anything. I take it out and just start again to knit because I like the color and that particular energy. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I have suffered very, very uh, badly from depression. It's been, that's been my, my big um, sort of challenge. I, I haven't, ha I, I've been okay for a long time, but that was something uh, back in the nineties that was uh, brutal. It was horrible. And if you know, or those of you who know about depression, you only see black and white, and it was an extraordinary experience for me um, to be, to grow conscious of it. Of course, for a long time, I just thought it was like normal because I, I sunk into it so gradually. And and I think the writing and uh, raising a family and there were many there were many sort of components to it. And there's no reason for depression. It doesn't 
that's sort of one of the things that is most painful is when somebody says, there's nothing wrong. How can you be depressed? Like you're, you're, you're bad, you're sinful, you're evil, you're stupid to be depressed. That was sort of the hardest part. And the great gift of it was that I actually consciously (laughs) used color. It was literally like, um, using a coloring book and I would color things consciously. I would look at a dress that I knew was blue, for instance, and it would just appear gray. And I would bring it to consciousness, no matter how depressed I was, and paint it blue in my mind's eye. And then I encountered you much later, but um, I, I did buy a few of your glasses that you have yeah, and I still I use the green ones. I have the emerald green ones every whenever I meditate because I'm trying to work on the the heart. This whole thymus, I think this was the area that was very wounded for some reason, and I just find this whole emerald green chakra area to be so healed by that color being uh, in in sort of infiltrated into my mind's eye. Even when my when my eyes are closed, I can feel it. So I do feel the work that you do is, uh, it's so rich and it's so deep and penetrates beyond the physical and it penetrates beyond even the energetic. It penetrates into the spirit. We are beings of color. I know we, we call ourselves beings of light and that we're light workers and we're light, um, writers, you're a right lighter and light can't exist without the dark we wouldn't see it and the dark and the light together create color and i feel that's such a mysterious wonderful healing truth that is at the foundation and that everyone can benefit from notice colors great advice notice colors yes and thank you for sharing your personal story about depression winslow There's so many people these days that are feeling depressed. For listeners who feel that they are unable to weather life's storms, what are your tips to combat the darkness? Pleasure, I feel, is the key to our physical senses, the sense of smell. Because even, again, it's like color, but we don't notice it as much, but nothing matters that nobody, you know, you don't want to cook for yourself, especially if you're alone in isolation, you lose interest, you lose interest in fragrance and flowers, uh, buying flowers for yourself in dressing up in perfume, um, all these things that we've always done sort of to show up in the world. Now, it's a fabulous opportunity to bring those appreciation of our five senses inward. And being grateful and or appreciate grateful I know is an overused word and I don't mean it like yay yay I, I know I know I should be grateful for this it's not that it's being appreciative of the beautiful color colorful flowers of the cool breeze of a, a wonderful essential oil I use essential oils every day they're like my crystals also these things are um are essential to our well-being. And I, I, I call them pleasures because I think we need to call them what they are. They please us. 
and we don't please ourselves. We feel guilty or we feel we're not worthy or we're not deserving. And we don't realize that this is what our lives are. We need to remember as children how yummy things were. That's what we need to remember, how yummy it was to put everything in our mouths when we were at a certain age. I mean, what the heck? It's not about overeating or eating a lot or anything. It's about tasting. It's about mm, tasting the, the, the fall air outside and touching silks and the velvet and these, these things that matter. Getting the ambiance around, I think beauty is, it, it makes us feel better. It makes us feel better. Don't think that just because you're alone, these things don't matter. I think they matter even more. Just because someone doesn't come over doesn't mean you don't dress up. I read this wonderful book recently. Okay, this is one more thing you can do. It's all about tea. It's called Infused um, by Henrietta Lovell. And she has this beautiful chapter about if you wake up in the middle of the night, which we all have done, panicking and upset and despairing. And she says, this is exactly the time you dress up in your most beautiful gown and you go down, it's the middle of the night, you go downstairs and you brew a really good pot of tea. And she has this company called the Rare Tea Company in England. But she's so sympathetic with, with us in that moment and just says, this is when you want to, to really pamper yourself, to really treat yourself with the best tea. And you hold it in the best teacup that you have. This is not a time to quickly kind of stagger down and pull on your dressing gown and, and hate life. This is the time to, to realize, wow, this is really hard right now. And it's very dark out and it's the middle of the night and I'm all alone. And I'm going to, to honor that and dress up in beautiful colors, my beautiful evening gown, and put on jewelry even and make the best tea. I'm Elaine Marie Sharp, and you have been listening to A Rainbow in the Clouds. A big rainbow of thanks to the impressive Winslow Elliott for sharing her rainbow wisdom with us today. Listeners, if you would like to learn more about Winslow, please visit her website at winslowelliott.com, and that's spelled W-I-N-S-L-O-W-E-L-I-O-T.com. Some of the highlights from today's episode can be found in my book, Mad About Hugh, A Memoir in Living Color, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, and Kobo. Are you afraid? Angry? Depressed? Bored out of your mind? I am pleased to offer you a free color care package to assist you during these challenging times. Just go to the Aura House School of Color and Light website at AuraHouse.com and click the free emergency care tab at the top of the screen. Then choose what you need, whether it's a distance attunement, meditation, or workshop MP3. And while you're on the website, check out our little shop of colors where you will find books and color therapy sprays, jewelry, and those color therapy glasses that Winslow Elliott mentioned on today's show. 
Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be safe, be healthy, think positive thoughts, and no matter how crazy this old world gets, don't forget to stop and enjoy the pretty colors. Namaste. Within Radio. Go within to find the answers you seek.